Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. My name is Dave Hall. I am your host. We are back again talking about that longest self-imposed period of unemployment most of you will have in your lifetime. It could be 10 years. It might be 20. Heck, it might even be 30 or 40 it is what we call retirement. If you are looking to get safely through retirement, go to my website, retirementriskadvisors.com. Here you'll be able to get access to all the resources, tools, education opportunities that we offer to help you navigate all those risks that you're going to face throughout your retirement. Also, if you've not yet got a copy of my new book, you'll be able to get that through Amazon. You can find a link on our website to getting safely through retirement. It goes through a deep dive of all the topics I cover. It talks about the topics top 10 financial risk facing your retirement, would also invite you to our Shatter Your Retirement Risk event, something that we just launched that we're very excited to have out there to help you better understand what retirement should look like for you. This month's topic is on lack of income diversity. I've got with me my partner, Brian Britt, to help us talk about this topic. Brian, welcome to the show. Good morning, Dave. Good to be here. Brian, this is exciting for me to be talking about uh, lack of income diversity because I know it's something that you've dealt with quite a bit throughout your long career as you've worked with people, especially coming out of an environment where you generally use just regular investment funds and Social Security for people's retirement. Mm -hmm. Why don't we talk a little bit about some of your background there, and maybe we can talk a few stories of of experiences you've gone through. Sure, sounds good. So I started uh, in the asset management business in New York City in 1986. Back then, my main uh, relationship with my clients was to build portfolios. They were diversified portfolios, but we were very much back then concentrated in the stock market. We didn't do a lot of bonds. We didn't do a lot of uh, alternatives. We really were stock specialists. What was interesting to see back in the day, if you will, is I had a lot of clients that had portfolios that they were living off of and, and way more of that today because a lot of my clients are a lot older today, but had older people back then as well. And what I always noticed is when there was a big market downturn, 1987, of course, happened one year after I started in the business, so I didn't have much assets to really worry about. But for example, a great one to talk about is the technology crash of 2000. I had a lot of assets that I was managing nationwide. And what I noticed is the people that were living off their portfolios, like every month you'd see they'd transfer $8,000 out of the portfolio and it would go to their checking account, let's say, right? When that market fell for three years in a row, negative returns on the S&P 500, those people didn't stop taking their $8,000 a month or whatever it was back then. And I will tell you, after those three years were over and the market started to turn up again, there was a stark difference in the values and the performances of the clients that were taking income versus the clients that never touched their portfolios. Those guys recovered beautifully and it never really seemed like the retired people recovered at all because the damage that was done during 36 months of negative returns and they just kept taking money out was really hard to repair. That was the beginning part of my career. And about, I don't know, maybe 17, 18 years ago, the conversation that I was having with clients across the country dramatically changed. And rather than just people wanting me to help them with their asset management, they started asking questions like, 
well, if I sell my company or I retire or I sell my practice, how much can I spend every month for the rest of my life, no matter what happens? And what about long-term care if that kicks in? And suppose there's a lot of inflation. What if taxes change? Well, that's really what pushed me away from pure asset management and focusing all of my time, almost all of my time, on building financial plans and managing that risk in retirement. So this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart because I've been, unlike a lot of people, I've been on both sides. I've watched, call it risk assets. You know, you and I call those casino money, right? Stuff that can go down anytime. I've watched those try to support people in retirement. And then when I became a planner and started focusing on having diversity between risk assets and guaranteed assets that can never go backwards no matter what happens, it really was a stark difference. For example, in the 2008 downturn, right? That was a huge one. Same thing, had people that were taking money every month out of their portfolios. And in 2008, all we did with people that were taking money, some of the money was coming out of risk assets to, let's say, cover their monthly expenses, and some of the money was coming out of guaranteed, can't lose any money assets. All we did very effortlessly is we just switched postures and we said, hey, for now, here we are in this massive crash. Let's just pay your bills out of the guaranteed money and leave the risk money alone so we give it time to recover. And that's exactly what we did in 2008. And it was so different for me than the year 2000. I came into the CPA industry in 1995. So I lived through 2000, 2001, 2002, but much like you, didn't have a lot of my own money in the market. Unfortunately, I did lose some money there through some variable insurance products that I, I shouldn't have had, but didn't know better at the time. And most of my clients were similar age. So I wasn't dealing with a lot of retirees. But by the time I got to 2008, at that point, I was working with a substantial amount of retirees that were using REITs, real estate investment trusts, looking at them as guaranteed income. I'm getting 10, 12%. This is a great payment that's coming in every month. I'm going to get this for the rest of my retirement. And then that real estate market fell off the table. Those people woke up not knowing what to do. All of a sudden, the investment was cut in half. There was no way they're going to continue to get those high rates of return. Interest rates are down, you know, drop down into you know, less than 1% from a, a national standpoint. And they're saying, our whole retirement has been destroyed at this point. How do we get back out of it? And that was my first exposure that woke me up to say, hey, there's got to be a better way out there. And you're right, Brian, some of this stuff that we're putting together really is helping people solve these issues that we've seen so many people go through. Yeah, you reminded me of something as well. Uh, when you mentioned REITs. So I remember at a time where my upbringing in the business was Harry Markowitz, modern portfolio theory, diversify, diversify, spread your money between non-correlated asset classes and you'll be fine, right? And even though I started as a stock specialist, eventually I started bringing on other pieces of the pie. Usually I'd bring on other money managers that would come in and manage my bonds. I'd have another team come in and manage, let's say, international. I would typically do large cap value. But the point was this, here were these diversified portfolios. And if you asked my clients, hey, do you feel like you're diversified and you can handle anything? And they'd all go, yeah, sure. They were thinking that bonds were a guaranteed can't lose money type of investment. And bonds, I think, are very stealthily risk assets. But they almost feel like they're not risk assets because it's like, well, I have a bond, it matures in 15 years or 10 years or eight years, 
And I know I'm going to get this interest rate no matter what. But what happens during a market crash, let's say it's a bond market crash like 2008 was, those bonds can dramatically drop in value. And yes, you can theoretically still live on the interest payment of those bonds, but the principal value can get crushed. And I think it's a timely uh, subject to bring up now because we just had in the last year one of the largest increases in interest rates in 40 years. So here's all these people holding on to bonds thinking, I'm a safe investor. I have guaranteed money. It's right there in that bond. And they lost 30, 40, 50% of the market value of those bonds if they tried to sell them, right? Now, some people could say, well, I'm never going to sell the bond. I'm just going to wait for it to mature and I'm going to collect my interest payment. In that case, you're okay, but that's assuming you don't need to sell the bond. That's assuming your other assets are not just bleeding. And now all of a sudden you're forced to liquidate a bond early because the income is no longer enough from the portfolio and you're stuck with something you thought was guaranteed. So obviously you and I really focus on controlling and managing risk in retirement for people. And what we've really, I think, done a, a really good job in a lot of our designs is that we're no longer diversifying in the traditional Harry Markowitz modern portfolio theory, asset allocation sense of the word, where we're putting some bonds and some stocks and some international small, medium, large cap growth value alternatives. That's kind of still, though, all on the casino table in my world now, right? So I'm not saying on the casino table, I'm not diversifying. I am. But it's truly diversified only, as you know, if we can control or protect people against those two different types of risks that they face, right? So the, the one is, a let's just take 1987, the year after I got in the business, that was a normal stock market crash. Stocks got killed for about nine months. Bonds did great. Real estate did great, right? So it was okay. It was not a big deal, right? Everybody says, oh, the you know Black Monday and Black Friday, whatever it was. The, the stock market crash of 1987 was nothing compared to the market crash of 2000, which was nothing compared to the market crash of 08, right? So in those old days, people... They diversified away from that risk of a normal market correction, right? Where just stocks go down, or maybe let's just say just bonds go down and then stocks go up and maybe real estate goes up and maybe commodities go up. But when we're looking at a systemic market correction, and I think 08 is the perfect example, right? A lot of people think 08 was a stock market crash. It was not. It was a bond market crash, which was created by a real estate market crash, right? So you had all those subprime mortgage real estate instruments blended into these big pools of bond assets, right? Mortgage assets and other types of mortgage-backed securities and whatnot. And when those started defaulting, that created a bond market collapse. And then about 18 months later, the stock market completely lost it. It basically started to really crack. So that was a systemic crash. So you could have had stocks, bonds, mutual funds, international, small, medium, large, growth and value and you would have lost between 30 and 50% of your portfolio. And that's fine if you're working and you're not paying any of your expenses from your savings. A lot of our clients, they're either getting close to retirement or they're already in it. They cannot possibly mathematically afford that equation anytime for the rest of their life. So I think as long as people can now diversify between 
casino money, as we call it, right? And guarantee can't lose money. Then we have an option. Like, like I said, in, in 08, I was able to pivot with clients that were withdrawing money every month and just say, let's just use the guaranteed assets because we know they're not going down. They haven't lost a penny. Let's just use those and we'll let these other assets just recover. I think from the 2008 crash, it took about maybe 20 months before I started noticing that the portfolios on the stock side of the world started to look a little bit normal and get back to growing a little bit. And at that point, I still don't think we turned on income for people back then on those risk assets for maybe another year and a half. So it might've been by the time I was done using my guaranteed assets, it might've been three, three and a half years before we flipped them back on. And then once things started to heat up again on the stock market, then we were able to reevaluate and say, okay, should we now give the guaranteed assets a chance to breathe? You know, maybe since we've been using just those guaranteed monies, maybe we should leave those alone for a while and let's start using some of the risk assets. So, you know, the point is our job as architects, as blueprint builders, is to design a system that our clients have control and choices. Because all of our clients are highly educated, most of them tax and financial professionals for a living, right? These are smart people. We need to give them control and options and choices when things hit the fan. They'll be able to sit back, evaluate with us and say, I think I want to do this instead of that. And they have options. But if all your money is tied up on the risk side of the equation, you have no options if you're in that de-accumulation part of your life known as permanent unemployment. If you go back to 2000, it was worse than that. I mean, you had about a decade there before everything got back. You just finally started getting your money back. And then 2008 hits, wipes it out again, and then you get going. So these are things that we can't predict. They're things that will happen again in the future. We're going to have down markets. We're going to have up markets. And it is a, a great part of what we do, putting those principal protected products in that will allow us to solve some of this volatility. And, and oftentimes, listeners, we just don't understand the importance of income diversity. We look at retirement, we think we've got to have a bundle of assets and a lot of asset diversity, which we do, but it's that income diversity. I'd like to talk now a little bit, Brian, with you about principal protected products. What are some of the characteristics of these other streams of income that we can use to offset these casino dollars that we've got out there in the stock market and other investments? So when you think about principal protected products, I like to take it to the most basic CDs at a bank. That's a principal protected product, right? FDIC insured up to 250, pays a fixed interest rate, is not going to go down in value if interest rates go against it like a traditional bond, has a maturity. And if you pull out early, you, you know, there's a little bit of a penalty if you do that. Okay. If we take that to the next level of principal protection, let's imagine you went into that bank and you said to the banker, Hey, these CD rates are just not really up to snuff with what my financial plan assumed I'd be making every year for the rest of my life and they're taxable and you know whatever else you may not like or dislike about them do you guys have anything else well imagine if that banker said hey you know there is something that we could give you it's kind of like a cd it's not backed up by fdic but the way it works is you put money into a fixed instrument there's a guaranteed maturity date and during that time instead of giving you an interest payment 
will go out and link the performance of that fixed guaranteed can't lose money instrument to an index. Let's say you want to link it to the S&P 500. So let's say I'm in it now for two years. And during that two-year period, the S&P 500 went up 25%. Depending on what that bank was able to offer me, maybe I'm going to get 80, 85% of the upside of that. Uh, I might not get all of it, but let's just say the S&P is down 25%. They're going to give me all my money back. So that is called a structured note. Now, structured notes are great, and I've been doing them for 35 years, but the bottom line is they are not FDIC insured. And what that means is you are being guaranteed your money will be returned only by the full faith and credit of that bank. And I think especially this is a timely discussion, right? Because in the last few months, we've had like three or four different banks go under. And if those banks had floated any structured notes in the marketplace, they're treated just like a bond of a bankrupt company. You got to go to bankruptcy court and try to get your money back. So we're not crazy about structured notes in this environment with the bank defaults and not having FDIC. So if we switch gears now, let's go over to the side of insurance companies, large insurance companies. You go to a large insurance company and you say, hey, I want to buy something that's like a CD. They're going to sell you a guaranteed fixed annuity. And they're going to say, hey, this fixed annuity, it's paying 4.75%, guaranteed you can't lose any money. A lot of them are no fees, no charges, no loads of any kind. They're purely no-load products now these days because they're competing for market share against each other. So a lot of them are no-load. And when the maturity date comes, you're going to get an interest payment. And that's going to be backed up by the full faith and credit of an insurance company, which is a dramatically different instrument than a bank. It's also connected to the insurance guarantee fund of that state up to a quarter of a million bucks. And also... Insurance companies don't let each other go out of business. They are fraternal, as I say. And the reason that is, is as you and I know, one insurance company goes under and widows and orphans don't get their money. They don't have to be widows or orphans, but you know what I mean. The the people that are supposed to get the money on a death benefit or whatever, it's going to be very, very difficult for every insurance company in America to say, well, that'll never happen to us. So this is why you don't, even 100 years of data, you can't find an insurance company that had an issue where any policyholder, annuity holder, any beneficiary ever didn't get 100% of their money. So we prefer insurance companies, if we're not going to have FDIC, well, then an insurance company is the way we want to go. So that fixed annuity is very similar to a CD. So again, take that same exact idea and say to that insurance company, hey, do you have anything that'll give me more upside? but no downside. And the answer is a principal protected product in their world is going to be called a fixed indexed annuity. And it's very simple. Instead of getting the interest payment that the fixed annuity holders are guaranteed, you are now making a little bit of a bet that certain indexes that you've linked your principal protected strategy to are going to be higher a year, two years, whatever it is from now, and you're going to get way more than the fixed annuity holder. The downside is in a negative year, you're just not going to make any money, right? That's your downside. Yeah, so, and, and most of our clients are very comfortable with that little risk that, yeah, in the next 30 years, I may have a handful of zeros, but it's just going to be a handful. But overall, I'm going to dramatically outperform a CD or a fixed annuity. So those, those are just some, some ideas of principal 
protected strategies. They really become a good bond replacement. If you look at it in your overall portfolio of saying, look, we've got the market assets, we've got the stocks that are going to grow and be out there and be at risk. And we know that, as Brian mentioned before, that you're going to allow to grow during the downturns. And then you've got these principal protected bond portion replacement assets that historically have outperformed the bond market. As we look at uh, trends over the last 20, 30 years, these products consistently outperform that bond market because of the protection, because of the fact that they're never going backwards. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. And you, you just reminded me that when I made that transition from pure asset manager to retirement risk planner, eventually, once I got real comfortable with these principal protected strategies and started building them into my blueprints, I went back to all of my asset management people across the country. And I think I told you this story. I replaced their bonds as they came matured. Like I would typically, you know, we'd, we'd get a little notice on the screen. Hey, your client's bond just matured for a hundred grand. You need to replace it. And it was either call the bond department at Schwab or Fidelity or TD Ameritrade, wherever the account was sitting and find a new bond or call up the client and say, Hey, would you consider this principal protection strategy better than a bond? Not interest rate sensitive. If interest rates skyrocket, these instruments actually do better which is really interesting because the insurance companies are able to be a little more generous on how much upside they'll give you of the index's performance. But I moved so much money back in the day into these principal protected strategies as a bond replacement. And to this day, people mention it. They go, man, I'm really glad we did that 15 years ago because I'm still living off that thing. you know. And it's not the most exciting product in the world. You're not going to make 20% a year, but the older we get, the less risk we want to take and the less volatility we tolerate. Absolutely. And as we look at these type of investments, they become a great place to put in something inside of your Roth accounts. Again, we're using these inside of Roth accounts to get the guaranteed inflation-adjusted lifetime income that's going to last as long as you do, that's also going to be tax-free. And again, part of the many strategies that we have, we've got your Social Security, obviously, you've got your market-based portfolio. We've got principal protected that include these annuities as well as permanent life insurance, which we're not going to get a chance to talk to today. I can't believe how fast our time comes and goes, but we will in another class talk about that insurance. I know I've covered it. It's called the Life Insurance Retirement Plan. We've covered it in a bunch of other classes. You can get access to that information. Brian, any parting thoughts as we wrap things up today? You know, you mentioned Roth accounts, and it's just near and dear to my heart when we can put a principal protected strategy inside of a Roth, it truly does some magic because there's two different kinds of principal protection strategies. One of them is built for pure growth, but some of them, have, especially when insurance companies get involved, they have some pretty interesting guaranteed income strategies. They don't grow as much. The, the actual you know growth of the account is nowhere near a growth, let's say, fixed indexed annuity. But those products, man, when they turn on, and the lifetime guarantee of income starts kicking in, backed up by a large insurance company, and it's in a Roth. It is a magical thing, and it really can change the outcome. So uh, that was just a thought you triggered in my head when you mentioned Roth. Yeah, you want to talk about a difference in cash flow and retirement when you've got the mortality credits that come with these products that allow you to have a higher distribution rate. You don't have tax on the income coming out of the products, nor do you have taxation of your Social Security if structured correctly. That is 40, 50% or more additional income that you've got coming in with the same amount of money 
just structuring the, the right way. And that's what we do. That's part of our risk-based planning, making sure that you get the right structure for your retirement so you can eliminate these various risks. And it's going to require more than your Social Security. It's going to require more than your 401k and IRA structured inside of investment accounts. You're going to need these other sources of income to get yourself where you need to be. Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. It's always fun. Listeners, you've been listening to the Retirement Risk Show. My name is Dave Hall. I am your host. I will look forward to seeing each of you again next week, where we'll talk once again about another risk that's going to be facing you and your retirement. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talene and Autumn Koenig. 